Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Well, some folks say that grown-up men are still just little boys. That really the only difference is the price of our toys. We go for macho symbols like guns and running shoes. Pick up trucks, hunting ducks, and power tools. Power tools. Well, Home and Garden goes into the second hour. It's a little after 10 o'clock. Pat's on vacation. We wish him the best. Um, he butt dialed me this week, and I knew he was overseas. And uh, I tried to call him back. I said, are you, you know, I left a message. Are you okay? Are you okay? And he wrote back, butt dial. And I'm thinking, <laughs> why do I get the butt dials from Pat Sullivan? Yeah. <laughs> Even Pat's butt hangs up on you. Oh, That's yeah. so rude. Last week it was just the book. This week no, it's I, yeah. no, I think dude. he's just thinking about you. He In the studio, you. I've got Allison Lemons, Jack Phipps from Allisonville Home and Garden by Sullivan. we got Terry Stacy, Kyle and Tally's come in. And uh, we all feel safe when she's at the board. Right now, we're going to jump out and talk to Joe Caudell. He is a deer biologist with the Department of Natural Resources. And when I first interviewed him, I was worried about Terry. Terry was obsessing. I don't want to say obsessing. She was really concerned about the deer in her neighborhood because of all the development. Well, it, exactly. And it actually started with us learning that down in Bloomington, down in Monroe County, they've now implemented a $50 fine for feeding the deer. Yeah. Well, so Joe Caudill uh, from DNR, a deer biologist, thanks for joining us here on a Saturday morning. How are you? Oh, doing excellent. How are y'all doing? Now, you're down in Brown County. That's where you are, right? That's correct. Yeah, so you've got lots of deer habitat. You got woods, you got, you know, little meadows and stuff. But up here, uh, people are starting to worry. And I have to admit, 20 years ago, I got busted by DNR for feeding corn to DNR or to DNR to the deer. And, yeah, the DNR is. Yeah, we love corn. We'd have been fine with that. Yeah, we'd have been fine with that. But Joe. Oh, boy. Um, I, I just, why do you not want us to feed corn? Uh, let's just start there because we think we're doing them a favor, are we? Well, it, it really all comes down to basically how deer are designed to, to forage and, and to feed. And a, a lot of times the problem with corn is not necessarily the corn itself. Corn is a, a hard mast like a lot of our like acorns and things like that. But it's, uh, part of it is because when you feed deer, you're a lot of times putting it in one area or maybe spreading it out over a small area. And, I mean, this may sound kind of gross, but, you know, if, that's kind of like if you went to a restaurant and you saw the, the waiter just grab somebody's plate off their where they're done, put your food on that plate without washing it and then handing it to you. Oh. And so, one, there's a chance of if the deer that was eating their before the next deer that comes up that might have a might be sick or something like that, it can very easily then transmit to the next deer. I had no, no I never idea. Never thought of that. Never thought of it. It makes sense. Now yeah, you explain does. that. So All what's right. a better way to feed them? <laughs> yeah, Don't. absolutely. Because so, you know, I know we we love deer. I mean, I love deer. That's why I'm a deer biologist. And you know, we see these animals out there, and we want to try to take care of them. But you know, putting that food just in one spot is, 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 is not a great idea. Now, 
the good thing is there is a gardening solution to this. Oh, and boy. what we do as biologists is actually put out forage for deer, but we do it in the form of plants. And so the best thing you can do, let, you know, let's say you've got your yard and, and then you've got your tree line, usually where the deer are coming out. Yeah. If you actually come in from that tree line into your yard and, and give up some of the grass there. Okay. And plant native shrubs. Ooh. Especially the native shrubs that deer like. So like native hydrangeas, native blueberries, native blackberries, native raspberries, uh, <laughs> native arborensis, any of these native plants that put out a lot of stems and then also have fruits and things like that, that is ideal for deer. Now, the problem with that, Joe, is that we put out stuff that we don't mind they eat, but then they get greedy and they come over. Jack, the first thing Jack asked me, is there any way to, is there anything that will keep deer away from the ones we want to keep? Yeah. Uh, So, so we actually do this at my house. My wife's a gardener and she puts out deer resistant plants in areas where like let's say it's just open and she doesn't really you know like so towards the front of the house by the road you know we want to have some bushes and stuff and so she puts out plants that are deer resistant there and then the the her her prize possession like her roses and um native plums and things like that that she doesn't want the deer to eat we typically put that behind uh, a single strand of electric fence faded with a little bit of peanut butter. And you put the peanut butter on a, a piece of tin foil and you kind of wrap it around the wire and put like a little clip or something like that on it. Is this a Halloween then, gag? <laughs> My no, gosh. This is, this is, you can look it up. It's called a peanut butter fence, uh, a deer peanut butter fence. And the deer come and they'll lick it and they'll get shocked and they'll learn to stay away from that area. So now you've got plants that the deer can eat. They can forage on those. You've got plants that are deer resistant that they'll typically not bother. And then you've got your most prized plants that are, you know, somewhere like maybe close to the house. But you just got this real unobtrusive uh, about, you know, waist high single strand of electric fence that will help keep the deer away from them. You know, Jack Phipps is here from Allisonville Home and Garden uh, Nursery here in central Indiana, and I'm seeing him writing down, add hot fence to inventory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right, so I was asking you about my hostas. Um, mm-hmm. Your little uh, four-legged, beautiful little furry friends really pissed me off, Joe, because what is it about hostas and deer? They are tasty. Deer love hostas. A lot of times deer biologists will call hostas uh, deer ice cream. So (laughs) that is just a very preferred food for them. And so, you know, we like them. We put them out, you know, just around the trees and and things like this. And the deer are like, man, this is awesome. Look, they put a little buffet out for me because, you know, the deer don't recognize between putting out a pile of corn or putting out a pile of hostas. And so it's just a favored food. So, again, if deer are a problem in the area where you're at, a good thing is to do is to look up deer-resistant plants, deer-favored plants, and then plant accordingly. What are some examples of deer-resistant plants? Um, oh, you put me on the spot there. I'd have I, was, I was worried and, that was And that. have her, like, tell me some of those that are out there. But uh, there, there are lots of lists online 
the the cooperative extension service and and both Indiana and a lot of other states put out. I'm uh, sure there's a lot of good resource online. Yeah. 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 And that's usually what I do if somebody's like looking for something. Of course, it all depends on soil type and all this kind of stuff and what you can grow. And if you're in shade and like, I mean, y'all know all this. Yeah. And so you're going to look for those plants that meet those requirements, but also are on that deer resistant list. Joe, what's the health of the herd right now? How's the herd looking? It's good. It's good. You know, and, and we were talking about this earlier. Uh, you know, deer actually do really well in suburban and even urban areas. And, you know, a lot of times we think of deer as being these animals that live out in the woods and in deep woods and, you know, they're foraging on acorns and little plants and stuff that come up. But deer actually like really broken up forest. And so if you think of our suburban areas, that's what they have. They have these little strips of trees. Then they have this open area called our backyard. And that's <laughs> where deer really thrive is in these, in these edges. And that's why you can actually have larger deer herds in these suburban areas compared to even like where I'm down here at in, in Brown County, the deer population is going to be smaller because there's not a lot of this edge habitat. I think that's, I'm so happy about this. I'm I really happy are. to hear this because I know now the better way to do this. And as I've told you, there's so much development around me that there's this small strip of trees and this is where this family yep. lives of deer. And, yep. and I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hand feed them, but I just, I love seeing them. So I, I put a little food out there for them so that they'll come and I can be at peace Joe, watching this beautiful family. Joe, how does a deer um, change over from the summer time to the winter time it's an entirely different diet how do they do they change in their digestion digestion yeah, so so deer are you know these amazing creatures so you know they, they do a couple of different things and so one they're, they're not like us they don't have a simple gut where we just eat something and then we convert it into sugars and our body uses that they actually have a four-chambered stomach and one of those chambers actually has colony of bacteria in it and so when deer eat, it's that bacteria that's breaking down their food, and then they can continue to digest it. And so what happens is over time, this bacteria changes depending on what food is available. And so when you've got lots of uh, leaves or soft mass, like you might have early in the season with berries and things like that, that colony is going to look different than in the fall. And then the really cool thing is in the wintertime, that is actually when they are needing the least amount of energy because they're not nursing fawns, they're not growing antlers, they're not doing any of this stuff. Uh-huh. And they switch over eating woody twigs. This is the other reason why these bushes can be so great because the deer can eat the, the berries and such on, in, you know, early in the season. They can eat the leaves later on. And then in the wintertime, and this is really important, you're providing those woody twigs that the deer will eat all through the season. And that's, that's their diet that they're adapted to uh, during that winter time. And they, so they don't need a lot of energy. They just need a little bit of roughage just to keep the fire stoked. And then as the spring comes back, then that's when their nutritional requirements really start ramping up. And the other really cool thing that these native bushes will do is it provides cover 
for the fawns in uh, in in G- May and June when they're when they're having their fawns because a lot of times what they don't have is a secure place to put their fawns and this is why you get fawns that are just put on lawns and and in kind of random places. But if you're providing these bushes, this provides cover for the doe to to put her baby. And then so now you've actually provided something for that deer year round as opposed to just, you know, putting out some food. Joe, I really appreciate you taking time to talk with us. This is Joe Caudill. He is a deer biologist with ENR. If people want more information, Joe, where do they go? So we've got our website set up. It's a real easy address. It's deer.dnr.in.gov. We've got a lot of this information or links to it, and so it's a great resource for folks. Uh, Really, Joe, I have to tell you, in a radio studio, there's more know-it-alls per square foot than any place else on Earth. But I think we all learned something here. This was really, really good. Thanks for taking us to school today, Joe. Absolutely. All right. Thanks a lot, and good luck to you for the season. That was Joe Caudell from the DNR. Dear biologist, all right, Allison, what'd you learn? Um. I, I thought that the, the reasoning behind why not to feed them is really important because I think a lot of times they're like, oh, we just don't want to attract them because we don't want to give them diseases. Yeah. But you got to think, too. I mean, just like we don't want to pass our colds on to our coworkers, you know. You, That's amazing. You, it's for their it's, protection, it's their not for, necessarily. Yeah, exactly. So How about you, great. Jack? You're the one that, that has to sell plants that deer don't like. I'm, yeah, I think that they kind of switch their diet in the winter. It's the most interesting so that they're going after those gut twiggy changes. things. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I wish I had that same guy. <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking. It's gone. It's Saturday Eat night. Less in the winter Saturday and night I get through Sunday. just That's fine. Right. Yeah. Terry Lynn, how about you? You're the one really I, I worried of what, to death about you and your deer, so. You worried about my me and my, my deer? You worrying about it? Uh, no, I learned a lot. I'm going to plant some some food for them yeah i'm gonna plant the food for them i have some hostas you can plant in that little wooded it. strip for them <laughs> I mean, ice it. cream everybody yeah. likes. how about you kylin how about you kylin i did not enjoy the hot fence thing oh i understand <laughs> it's for you. our good for their good but i was stuck on that, that you just know made what? Me Put, putting their <laughs> tongue on the fence. hot yeah. fence yeah. What, what hunter have you not heard about who had to relieve himself and ended up peeing on a hot fence. It's about the same thing for a deer oh. through the tongue. Hey, it's the Home and Garden Show. We got more. Well, certainly ready to take your phone calls. When we come back, we're going to talk to Rhonda about an oak tree. The number is 317-239-9393 right here on 93 WIBC.